You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. We do. We have a crowd, and uh, it is late. We're sleep-deprived. And we're getting up early in the morning. Um, hey, but honestly, though, what's new? Literally. Seems sleep like every podcast we record early. is super late at night or late in the evening. Yep. And we've got something going on in the morning, but we've procrastinated or it's just the way it worked out. We're like, this will be the better podcast anyway. But I don't know if they can hear it cracking and a, crackling and a popping. Um but we are at turkey camp currently. It's yep. the third week of Missouri turkey season, um, the final week, first week of May. Um, so as we shift and go right out of turkey season, we go right into food plot season, spring food plots. It's a hard shift. And it's fortunately um, we are joined by reoccurring guests, Heath North and Keith Hammer of Stratton Seed Company. Heath, thanks for coming back. Yeah, guys, thanks for thanks for letting me come back. And probably the reason we're so late is y'all were still waiting for me to come down from the hunt this morning. Because <laughs> he still catches his breath from <laughs> these hills. I'm, if you hear any huffing in in the mic, that's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Poor, poor flatlander down in Arkansas. The old, the old mud flatlander in Stuttgart, and they come up to the Ozark Mountains and try to try to do their best. And they've done a pretty good job keeping up so far. Yeah. And we've got also a reoccurring guest, Keith Hammer. That's right, Hammer Time. Hammer Time. Who it's a lot easier on the downhill walks than it is on the uphill. I'll say that. And, well, and, and who actually put his name into action today too? This morning early, about right. seven o'clock. Punch a tag. Punch a tag on a great Missouri long beard and a fantastic hunt. We'll, we'll cover that in another podcast, I reckon. But uh, still. That was that was an awesome hunt, and um, we can cover it here. Give them a quick rundown. We got we got sandwiched. 
And and honestly, this was the this was the best gobbling turkey that I have personally set up on all fall all spring, excuse me. And he gobbled and gobbled and gobbled, stayed up on the limb for half an hour at least and just constant gobble every time called to the bird on the limb, just oh, oh, and and finally pitched down in our direction. Here comes another bird from the other direction, and we're sitting up kind of primed in between the two. Yeah, and I don't – I'll jump in here real quick. You know, of all the turkeys I've killed in my life, you know, this is – and, and both when I them. say turkeys, both that, that's, that's, that's two turkeys. That's two turkeys, yes. Of all the turkeys I've killed in my life, this was this was the one that has stuck out the most for sure. It was an exciting – <laughs> off well, that's the, not off hard. I, you were on the second one. I was on the first one. The first one was a deer hunt. We sat in a food plot with a strut and decoy. I fell asleep. Turkey didn't. He just <laughs> stormed in and he get, shot him. Don't get defensive. I mean, Matt and I just had a, a little bit better time this morning. Well, it was it was one of those oh, hunts though that like you were able to get close to the bird on the limb and you were in the bubble and everything you did, every sound the bird was gobbling at. And then here comes another one. And the bird Answering pitches down. Other. Yeah, and and once once they both were kind of in that hundred yard ish kind of gap zone, let's say, um, one bird would gobble, and the other one just as soon as he would finish, and it was just back and forth. And so then they end up getting in a fight. They did. It just was out it was a true out. turkey hunt. That's all I'm saying. The oh, first one yeah. wasn't really even a turkey hunt. No, it, we were killed one. We were deer hunting them. For yeah, sure. What is nine thirty? Nine thirty. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and th- this was, and we are outside. I, I will say, it sounds like we have got a helicopter coming yeah. in. Yeah, our fire like. is not even that big, and they're already coming to scope it out. <laughs> yeah, if they're worried about this little dinky fire, they got they got should have be- bigger plans on their mind. But um, yeah, so so both birds they get in a fight just out of out of view from us over a little crest of a hill and um, soft called and. I would say the the winner of the fight. Let's let's say um, peeks his head over, and that's about all the view that we. I think that we were he going is to now get anyhow. In the refrigerator. That's exactly right. So it was um, it was a cool hunt, we, and and we did get to see one of the birds at seventy yards, full strut for six to seven minutes, just right there, seventy yards. We thought he was going to close the distance, and then out of out of, out of all the podcasts we record in the middle of town, in the middle of all town, the background yeah. noise. We're in the middle of nowhere right now, and a helicopter flies literally the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right over. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. They might not be able to hear it, but if they can, I'm that's sure they the can because it sounds like he's going to. It sounds like at any point my headset is going to wire into his, and we're going to be talking back and forth. <laughs> Breaker one. Alpha, what do alpha, you see alpha, up bravo, there? Bravo, bravo. <laughs> yeah. Did he say alpha, alpha, bravo? He bravo. did. That's a seed man right there if you've <laughs> yeah. ever heard one. <laughs> alpha, alpha, Blanza, is that you, Chickory? <laughs> Chickory, Crimson, are you Crimson, there? Crimson. Crimson, come in. Crimson, come in. <laughs> oh, man. So, so it was a great hunt. But well, that's awesome. We're, we're, and, and Chainsaw Chad's here. He, we just don't have an extra mic, but you roosted a turkey tonight, and uh, old Heath North is up in the morning to be able to, up to bat get yeah. after that bird. So we're, we're hopeful that he can get on a bird. And uh, we can. Quite have, a ways up that first little hill, but yeah. oh well. I think we're going to have to park here. And just climb the hill. <laughs> oh, I, I, I actually climbed that hill last time we were here. I, I 
don't know if I made it to the top or not, but <laughs> I did climb it. You at least rolled back down. <laughs> yeah. Did it was pitch, easy coming back. Did you pitch a tent for the night before you finished, the, <laughs> finished it the rest of the morning? Oh, that's funny. The ascent all the way up. We might have to get up at two just to, just yeah, to make sure he's not winded. You, you got to give me thirty minute breaks, breaks along the way. <laughs> it's like Everest. You can yeah. only take a few yeah. steps. That's right. You. That's right. Elevation change is what gets us. Yeah. Hey, we're Altitude from we're from, Stutt- we're from Stuttgart, Central Arkansas. We uh, we this is Everest us when we come up here. No doubt about it. Oh, that's funny. That yeah. I'm, it's 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 funny to us because like we think back to you know, the whole hunt both both times you guys have been up here and you weren't here last year because of COVID and uh, we were like talking about oh yeah when we used to used to we hunted like this and I look back and I'm like man we were out of our minds <laughs> at the stuff we used to do to make this work so um, I think we've gotten a little bit smarter or have found easier birds I than, would say than doing that efficient in your steps yeah there's better ways to potentially approach some birds but yeah yeah so anyway uh in the world of stratton one big question well let's kick it off last week we mentioned on podcast i've had a couple guys email and text me about it walk me through your basic setup or dealer okay let's just talk dealerships a man's Good listening topic. And he says, you know, I want to use the stuff. Frankly, shipping is, is crazy right now. Um, to, to ship a bag of seed or four bags of seed, six bags of seed, or a whole pallet, it's, it's pretty high. And I think that's one of the negatives that people get with, uh, you got to be kidding me. Helicopter's coming back. What are you doing, buddy? <laughs> He's landing at our fire right here. Yeah. Um, and anyway, we're, uh, we're saying, okay, um, this is what we've always said. Talk to your buddies. Try to get a whole pallet together, and that way you all just split the shipping costs rather than one guy trying to pay for it all. Walk me through what it would look like for a guy who's listening, let's say in Kentucky or or uh, Indiana or New York. Yeah, New York, and he's interested in be- the idea of becoming a dealer. So I'll say, and he can jump in here uh, if he needs to, but. You know, if if we have a dealer set up in a certain area, we'd we'd like to push you through that area. It's going to be cheaper in the long run. It's going to be most beneficial in that situation. However, if we don't have anywhere very close to that dealer, then, yeah, we're going to try to talk you into, you know, getting a pallet with your buddies or whatever because you're talking about a bag nowadays with – with fuel prices and charges that we get charged and i will i will add you know whenever we whenever we run shipping quotes um we don't charge anything extra whatever we get charged we charge you it's totally um, third party that's yeah, on them exactly yeah 100 percent. so basically if one bag is running anywhere from 30 to 45 dollars per bag shipping right now used yeah. to it was last year it was 20 25 bucks yeah and that's just the way it is right now everything's gone up but you know if like i said if you can if you can talk you and your buddies into getting a whole pallet together i've seen as low as four to five dollars a bag yeah extra per mm-hmm. and, and retail per pricing bag, so. of stratton seed that's what you know when we first started talking about this that's what i loved about it. it's quality seed at a quality price 
and uh, or an affordable price. Just a reasonable price. And so, too. like, you know, we're looking at beans, retailing. What's suggested retail on Game Changer 2s right now? Thirty-nine ninety-five. Yeah, so right at forty bucks, yeah. um, and you know, plant a bag or two bags per acre, and that's very affordable compared to some competitors out there uh, for a forage soybean glyphosate tolerant. And so, um, you know, I, I I love the pricing, and then you add another five bucks on that for shipping, and you're like, wow, that's I'm forty-five bucks in to my door, or pick it up at my truck, or put it up, pick it up at the store, and. I think one of the other things that people are, are hesitant about becoming a dealer is they think that they have to have a brick-and-mortar type store. It sounds like a lot of responsibility Yeah. to that person, but, but what would that look like if an individual became a dealer? It, it's actually a lot simpler than what you would think it would be. I mean, we're, we're not overly aggressive in what we need for requirements for a dealer. Uh, you know, we want we want good, reputable guys that are that are dealing for us that aren't going to jack up the prices at the end of the day too but you know um a guy that wants to uh get out and hustle a little bit we're gonna we're gonna take and make every effort to uh set him up as a dealer so sure i mean you know some contact with our reps and that's really all it takes so so a guy could could a guy who's got a garage and and let's say a space for a pallet or two to be able to sit in a garage he he's a he's a viable dealer with with a good network. Right? Absolutely, I mean, if he's got got the ability and knows that he's got this pallet spoken for, I mean, he, he you know he is on the hook for for the pallet. But sure. if he's got a home for it, then why not? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So where are some of you know? I, I know uh, we got a friend who's a who's a dealer now in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Another guy who's a dealer in Wisconsin. Um, I'm gonna feel really bad. Illinois, Michigan. Uh, Got yeah, Michigan. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of gaps in between where you have dealers currently and where we could get more dealers, and ultimately we get really quality seed at a quality and or affordable price across the country. That's the goal, so guys can stop spending so daggum much money on food plot seed. And that and that's what it's going to take is a, a better distribution network, and mm-hmm. you know, at, at, in the past what three, four, five years that we've been working on this, that that has expanded pretty exponentially. And, right. Um, right. You know, I, you know, just like you said with Wisconsin, with some of the other areas that we're in now, it's making it more feasible for everybody to, to take part in what we're doing. That's and, right. And where can someone go to to be able to find a dealer, like find the closest dealer to them? Actually, we just finished this past week uh, on the website with a dealer map so any so go strattonseed.com or strattonseed.com okay. e- either way send you to the, yep. the to the page and at the top you'll see a dealer map and okay. if they're interested in becoming one you can contact keith hammer yep. at uh eight seven what is your number again did it cut out there did y'all hear that <laughs> yeah um but and yeah, i think I mean, that's one thing that i'm excited about for guys you know, we've got have clients. I've even had them texting me today about trying to figure out a way to become yep. a dealer because it may a dealer may sell enough seed that they end, end up having all their food plot seed paid for. It, no doubt, and it can happen pretty I, quick. Yeah, I've seen that multiple times with with folks we're working with that that their let's say original food plot bill was totally offset because hey, they knew five guys to be able to help sell seed to all their 
let's say, shipping and then the food plot seed itself was paid for by the profits that they made off of selling the seed to their five other buddies. Sure. Yeah, and, I mean, at the end of the day, too, I mean, I mean, all of us sitting around this fire right here, I think we can all agree on. What in the world is that, fellas? Is that a UFO coming or what? I don't know, but that is the longest that is residual shooting star trail that, that I've ever going seen. going on there, boys? I don't I've never know. seen anything Whoa. quite like that. Sorry, listeners, but we're a little bit in uh, in amazement at, at what's going across the light uh, the it's sky right now. Supposed to be any com- <laughs> comets tonight? <laughs> I don't know. That's a long. Where'd it go? It's, it's fading. It's, now. it's fading. It's gone. It's it's fading. Well, we'll you know they say a shooting star is lucky, <laughs> but um, that was about fifteen to. I'm almost scared to know what's going to happen next. (laughs) Should we go inside and finish this? (laughs) Is it going to matter? Have you ever seen anything quite like that? I haven't. It was literally a train of about 30 different lights going across the sky, and then they all just faded into dark. Seriously, if if it were an airplane. So we were in the middle of the woods, and... Chad, if you're hearing something close, we can't hear. We have headphones on. Is that a bear or a deer, or what do we got going on up there? Chainsaw, Chad. Why don't you go up there and find out? I'll give you a little cell phone flash. I tell you what, <laughs> we ought to go inside. <laughs> Where yeah. are the shotguns by, <laughs> by chance? <laughs> anyway. This has gone off the rails quickly. <laughs> Very quickly. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't. You know, I made this joke. There's something right there in the woods. It's probably a cow. You know, there are cows around this place here, fellers. He's going to step out, and there's going to be three guys. It's going to be like that, that game at the rodeo where you keep your hands on the table. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. Uh, we'll maybe, find maybe out here in a minute because she's getting close, whatever it is. Early on in the podcast, oh, I made that joke about I can't record outside because I have ADHD, and it's like, oh, squirrel, or what's that little bird over there? Oh, yeah. and here we oh, are I've tonight. Heard, I've heard them chirping in the background before. Well, there it is. It's armadillo. It is. Two armadillos. Oh. Uh, it's a rut. Right here. We got the rut going on. Bucks, him, Chad. Bucks chasing does. <laughs> Bucks chasing does. Look you ever him. seen how That sounded like a very large armadillo, didn't it? I mean, those two were loud. Yeah, yeah wow, laughter in there. And you guys completely forgot about the UFO that we just <laughs> saw across the sky. <laughs> I've never seen anything quite like I, that. I, I honestly have it, not either. Almost a little eerie. It really was. Like, what I mean, was that? If you think about an airplane, when you see how small it looks right. up there, I mean, there had to be 50 to 100 of them stacked up in a row to come up I know. with something like We're going to have those, to look that up. Those Russians. <laughs> and I guarantee every listener's like, okay, literally you left me hanging at dealers. So now we're talking about armadillos and You UFOs. guys can't see what I see, but I promise you it's amazing. It was. It's like, it's like the double rainbow video. Oh, my gosh, it's a double <laughs> rainbow. What does this mean? So, anyway, dealership. Um yeah, so where I I left off there, you know, sorry. <laughs> let's, let's bring it right, let's bring right back around. Right we yeah, <laughs> we went way around the circle on that one. So what I was getting at, though, I mean, basically everybody's sitting here around the, the circle, including these armadillos over here and the UFOs. But, you know, we don't we don't want to have to spend $30, $40 a bag per seed just for shipping. That's not even including the the price of seed. So well, That's not the ideal situation no, for most guys. No, it's not at all. So, I mean, I, I mean – I'm going to be looking for whether I'm a dealer or not. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be looking for somebody in my neighborhood, in my in in my area where I'm hunting, 
or wherever that I can get some seed to some buddies or whatever, my deer camp, whatever, whatever it may be. I'm going to try to get, you know, a pallet worth or make it, make it most beneficial sure. economically to, to get that seed to me. And, um, like I said, I mean, it, um, at the end of the day, if you can get, if you can get close to a pallet anywhere from five to $10 extra on shipping and it, it, it definitely pays for itself in that, in that sense there. So when it comes to like an application just like a one page document kind of thing, right? I mean, pretty, pretty simple to fill out. It's yeah, really so, more of a credit app than it is okay. anything. So sure. if the guys are wanting to do it with a credit card or something, mm-hmm. it's just as easy as picking up the phone and calling Keith and saying, Sorry. hey. And that, that's what I was going to get at earlier, too. I mean, I, I encourage everybody that's listening, if if you're interested in it, wherever you may be, um, get on the website. Go check us out. They We've got a it's, – it's really uh, expanded over the years since we started this. And – you can go click on a state. You can you can find exactly who your sales rep is in that area. You can call mm-hmm. them, or like I said, you can reach out to Heath or myself, and uh, we can point you in the right direction. And if and we we cover a a, a pretty wide range of states in the sure. s- southeast, um, but we have we are starting to expand up in the up in the Midwest and the, and the north up there. And you know if just just reach out to us and and we'll get you pointed in the right direction and help you out best we can no doubt so excellent excellent so i know there's another topic that we definitely want to cover on the podcast too yeah um, this one's been brewing for a while yeah, yeah. um and, and it leads a lot of people i think questioning or or having this same question too in their mind when we look at across the variety and options of of where someone can purchase seed from Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, you can go to Walmart even sell seed. Uh, any sporting goods seed store probably sells seed. Local co-ops. Local, online. you know, feed stores. They all have seed. Amazon. So, uh, yeah. And so, Heath, here's a question for you. What's the difference between a purple top turnip in one blend versus a purple top turnip in another blend? Uh you know, a purple top turnip is a purple top turnip. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that, that source these things come from the same sources. And, you know, while there are variety specific, it's not as diverse of a population of purple top turnips as what one, one may be led to believe. Sure. Yeah. So while, again, there may be some varieties that are selected specifically what you get from us, what you get from someone else may very well come from the same same seed source. I think one of the biggest how do I say this? One of the biggest misconceptions that people have about food plot seed companies is that each company has their like growing facility where they have a fields of turnips and fields of oats and fields of this and that and all these and they have these special combine heads and they all grow their own bag it up and sell it and it's so far from the truth um now there are certain and you'll cover that there's certain varieties and different things that make that set other companies apart but a lot of these uh seed companies that that basically are like i i, I it kills me to see advertisement says that we select uh, the highest grade seed, we have the, the best germination or whatever, the best forage produced, 
and then you and you can look at their their blend, and you're like, you have purple top turnips, you have daikon radish or a gopher radish, and you have the basic the basic stuff. Black oats and and oh, triticale yeah. and certain cereal rye or certain varieties. And you're of like, that's wheat. and and you realize that pretty quickly that that's that, a lot of times this what that guy's saying can be found by going to the local feed store. Now, that's where I want you guys to sell the difference between you guys and what somebody might be advertising with their seed company. Sure. So, you know, in, in <coughs> Stuttgart, Arkansas, we're not going to grow clover. We're, we're, we can grow cereal grains. We yeah. can grow soybeans. Mm-hmm. But, you know, certain parts of the country are are limited to what products they can grow so you know a lot of the clover that we see a lot of the brassicas that we see may come out of oregon may come out of washington but it's pretty specific to the regions where they come from based probably on climate and and their ability to harvest time and clean scene prep it for the next year right correct correct and you know uh same way with even some of the uh winter legumes like a Mm -hmm. uh, austrian winter pea there there's only certain certain places that you can actually raise that and you know we do experiment with some odd oddball things i've on my farm personally have tried austrian winter mm-hmm. peas to raise for seed and there's some possibilities but to do so we're going to have to select varieties that are that are uh, more adaptive to the Suitable, south yeah sure sure so, certainly you know but um while there may be very little differences in some of the clovers that that we offer we always want to try to find the ones that seem and have proven themselves to produce as good or better than what's on the market. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Balancia fixation, clover, mm-hmm. uh, some some of those um, uh, more specialty types we want to be sure to include, which are included in the Legacy Blend. Yep. But, uh, you know, cereal grains are, are a big one, too, and they're a lot of the base of a lot of these blends. And we do spend the time in the fields to look, see, grow, and select varieties that are better for forage. And, you know, we we verify that through, you know, university testing and put a lot of effort into what we do with that. So, you know, the, as much as as we can, we try to give you guys something that's a little bit better than what's on the market but at the end of the day we want to make sure it's as economical as possible for you guys too i think that that's a that's kind of what we fell in love with with the fact of strat seed is like the economical part is is there's basis for what's included in the blend that's not just filler type varieties these are high quality varieties yeah but at the same time all that being said they come in at an at an economical price that just makes sense. And so, like, if <clears throat> what I'll ask you this: what percentage would you estimate? Not holding you to this, holding your feet to the fire. <laughs> That's right here in front of us, right? right? But but what percentage of let's say purple top daikon rashes or Austrian winter peas comes out of a very select few sources in the Pacific Northwest? That would be across all food plot blends and varieties. You know, just a ballpark guess, probably 80, 85 percent. It's it's a very high percent so, that's going to be, you know, not necessarily. It, it'll be variety specific and, mm-hmm. uh, and specific to those regions. So, you yeah. know, I, I, there's just 
one, there's not a lot of breeding effort that goes into these different varieties. Outside mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Exp- clovers, uh, have seemed to have gotten a little more attention attention yep. as of late. But um, you know, winter peas, some of those other things are just not as as on high of a radar because they're just not as valuable of a crop to most people. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the big things for for people is to check those seed labels. One thing to look for is the origin. So it should tell you what specific variety uh, of whatever it may be, whether it be a hybrid turnip or a cereal grain, and it should tell you the origin. Uh, it should tell you what state it comes from. Sure. Um, and then it also should tell you how much is filler or inert matter or weed seeds, noxious weeds or whatever. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people, one of the big problems with people uh, that I see happening is, um, you know, you buy a bag that's, it's a 20-pound bag. Well, it's got a seed coating. So actually that 20 pounds and pure live seed is way less than actual 20 pounds. Well, they plant accounting based on 20 pounds. That's one of the big errors that I see. And then the other one, uh, you know, is, and the other thing I see is uh, not accounting for that uh, germ test. So let's say you had a bag that was, it was a 20-pound bag, but it's only 80% germed, and they act like, or they think that the 20 pounds is all viable seed that's going to put in the ground that's going to grow. So um, that's another common error that I see. Sure. Fake news. (laughs) And you know that... uh, the coatings do help out a lot in the sense that when we put them in the blends with other seed sizes, you know, clover, some of these small seeds are a lot easier and a lot better spread whenever we get them coated. So it, it's not for a sense of What's trying. What's the purpose of the coating for our listeners? It, it is to uh, change the seed size enough that it, it's a plantable material. It's not necessarily just because, we, you know, they want half the seed in the bag. But if you get a 50% coated um, clover, it's it's there to help you be able to get deliver it the, the seed in, in, in proper spacing. Sure. I mean, you know, you you think about it, itty bitty seed. It it's hard to get it where it needs to go. And Absolutely. at the end of the day, it, it helps. Itty bitty. It helps plant. <laughs> itty bitty. It, he, it helps the whole blend. It's know, all right to be you... itty bitty. <laughs> I heard that one time. <laughs> I heard it. Was it Alan Jackson? It's on the radio. Yeah, that yeah that's right. It. That's that come right. No, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, what Heath was referring to, I mean, it, it helps whenever you go to plant something like Legacy or Bounty Hunter or um, Emerge Revival, anything like that, anything that's coated, it helps you plant all those, all those that are blended together a lot easier. It's a well-rounded blend from a seed size standpoint. Well, because it affects density. Exactly. You know, if a bag rides in the back of your truck, Mm -hmm. there's vibration on the load, and there's a lot of settling. Or in a drill. Or in a drill. But the closer you get those seeds to the same weight, Mm -hmm. the better off you're going to be because, you know, like You won't have patches of just clover or just, you know, whatever the seed may be. You, You won't have just patches of one or the other. Sure, sure. That makes sense. Light seed's going to float to the top is what it'll come down right, to. But, right, right, right. You know, in, you know, thinking back on the economic piece, you know, we talked about a lot of these things coming from Oregon, mm-hmm. from Washington. But, you know, with us getting the volume that we're getting to today, with your guys' help, with all the all of the distributors' help, uh, it helps because, you know, freight's expensive. And, yeah. And, you yeah. know, we're pulling truckload quantities in from these places. And, you know, that's savings we can help 
uh, you the know, extend down out to yeah. the end user. No doubt. And, and that's what I love about the transparency. So, right, so, like, we, we've already covered that. There's only a certain number of producers or growers for some of these specific varieties that are commonly found among the, the food plot industry itself. So, so there's some, when you look at what's comprised of these mixes and blends across the board from different um, uh, food plot companies, you see that there's a lot of crossover, right? But why then is there such a wide range in prices? But transparency's sake that we're talking about here in the podcast is if we're all getting them from roughly the same place, blending them, sure, there's different rates at which you blend them that make each specific blend it you know uniqueness. But but why is there such a wide variety? And and you guys are saying, hey, we can buy at a quantity that allows us to extend the value back to the end consumer. Here's a product that's of great quality, but of great quality at a reasonable price. Sure, and you know that's that's all thanks to the network that we have. Now. Sure, and you know because you guys come from the ag world first and foremost. Sure, sure. I mean, you, you know, we talked about places to buy, and we want to continue to add dealers on. But your traditional row crop, uh, it, it, which is you know pretty heavy in the whole southeast. U.S., uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Helena Agri's, Nutrient Ags, these guys all have capabilities to get from us. And, you know, it, as we start cultivating orders in these areas and making our trucking runs, it yeah. m- makes it that much more feasible for everybody to Certainly. be able to participate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I love. And that's what I guess we fell in love with uh, first and foremost was like, hey, we pretty much said, hey, this is what we've been testing on for, mm-hmm. for a couple of years and trying out. What would be this product's price point? Sure, and and, and you gosh, know that ultimately that was it was cheaper than what I was getting at locally. <laughs> yeah, just so you know, we like, could we couldn't blend it ourselves. I was blending it up, or I was buying all this different stuff, then trying to blend it together on my own, and then was still coming out more expensive than what I was able to have packaged in what the bag you guys were putting here. it together for and and really too you know we talk about the freight from the the way off states and but you know it comes down to cereal grains too and, <coughs> you know a lot of guys are just buying the filler type silly cereal grains and, and, and uh, explain what that is too like for for someone who may not know like what a filler type cereal grain may be you know I- any kind of wheat that we can buy that may not be the most adaptable to a wildlife situation you know there's a I wouldn't want to guess the amount of varieties that are, you know, in a bag of plot seed as far sure. as wheat's concerned. And, you know, if if you look at a tag and you see something, it, so on our tags we'll have variety and kind. Mm-hmm. Kind will be soybean. Kind will be wheat. Kind will be triticale. But there's a variety that's associated with sure. the two. And if you see something that says VNS, which is variety not stated, that could be anything under the sun that's out there. But it, it just falls under that category of wheat. Right. So Very you know, vague. Very vague. But we, we want to be sure at least that we're putting in the best that we can. So every time you see something with our label on it, you won't see anything that says VNS on it. Good to know. Good to good look to for. Know. Yeah. Very, very, very good. Uh, very good information. I think one of the things, too, that you see a lot with... Uh, with guys, <clears throat> that's what kills me. You know, ultimately, Matt and I, our job is to help a landowner reach their goals, saving money, and making reach those goals a lot quicker than the the rate he was going before he hired us. 
And, you know, we see a lot of variation on seed. You know, pull up, do the console, go through their their cabin or go through their barn, and you see the seed that they're planting. You look at the seed. I always look at seed label, and I'm just like, okay, yep, this is all stuff that you could buy at the local seed store because it's purple top turnip and a very common wheat or whatever. And I ask what the price tag is, and they're like, oh, it was 80 bucks a bag. It's like, I'm almost mind blown <laughs> that people are able to get away with this. Well, you know, and we talk about the quality pieces of it too. Well, uh, sometimes if you're not careful when you get out there and buy something, you know, the, the again, coming back to the cereal grains, everything that we do in-house, we, we take time and we take pride in what we do as far as cleaning process mm-hmm. and making sure that the pure seed is the pure seed. And, you know, uh, you might get some of these other bags and start tossing them around. Dust flies around a little bit, but that's that's not what we want. That that's not what I would want if I bought a bag of seed. Uh, I want I want the the most premier type that I can get, and that's what we strive for. And that's not only coming from a voice. For all those who are listening, you are a not only a, a an employee of Stratton Seed, but you're also a producer yourself. You're a farmer. Like you, your family has row crops. You're here hunting now because fields are too wet to get into. That's right. So, yeah. so you care about what not only comes in a bag, but then what goes in the planter, then then goes in the ground, and then gets harvested. So that's that's from. I think it's important to know like where that voice is coming from. Um, so you're a guy who understands not only. Um, what it what it is to produce seed, but what it is to be that end consumer at the same time frame. Sure, and you know, m- my thought process has always been, you know, the kiss model: keep it simple, stupid. So mm-hmm. that that's what I shoot for. Whenever I try to find something that that we want to a- add or include in the blend, and you know, it, it's a a um, it's consulted effort between all of us that if we see something, I mean, we, you know, we were talking about okra just the other night uh, about how the potential is for it to become a, a part of what we're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we've already been testing it here. Um, just seeing what it looks like. Right. Um, what kind of growth we can get out of it. It seems like a plant that could really be um, a good, applicable in uh, food, food plot you know, situation. midsummer plant. Don't know how practical it is for people, and I think that's another big thing we always test is, is it really practical? Is this something that I'm going to plant? I look at it like this. It's got two, really two main categories. Is it going to feed some sort of wildlife, and what is that wildlife? Could be deer, could be birds, or is it going to help protect and add some biomass uh, and protect look, those other species that may be overbrowsed. And structure. Yeah. Attractiveness and structure. Balancing that out to what role does it play in a given Or blend. is it structure for some of our vining varieties mm-hmm. that are in the mix? And so, like, Heritage has a lot of stuff in there that people could say, I'm not sure what the purpose of that. And every one of them has a purpose. And one of them could just be the simple fact that it's helping protect uh, buckwheat when it's young or soybeans when it's young or cowpeas when it's young. And as it grows up, it's now structure for those cowpeas or lab lab to grow up. And, and you know, what what appealed to it to me, and, you know, you said how wet okra. it was. But yeah, okra, yeah. for one, uh, is uh, back home it's wet right now. But when it turns dry, it's going to turn dry. Oh, and, yeah. And what is going to grow in the heat of the summer dry, without dry, much dry. water? Yep. Okra. Yeah. So, yep. you know, when we look at it, again, it comes back to me wanting to find something that – when I don't have time to micromanage my plots, what 
what do I want out there? Yeah. And one of the big things, the big negatives that you'll read about with okra is nematodes and it's and how it's basically can attract pests. But what I've also read is that when it's in blends and you have plenty of diversity around, you don't have to really worry about it. Yeah. And kind of solves that nematode. What do you know that uh, diversity? Diversity has a place, in, especially again. in food plots. So, <laughs> well, outside of our state too, though. I mean, if you look at it in, in Missouri and some of the others, but sun hemp is a big nematode retardant too. So, yeah, you know, what about putting the two together? I mean, mm-hmm. th- there's lots of possibilities there. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. So, Absolutely. product. Uh, what what did you phrase the other day? Or just a little while? I said the other day, but like literally an hour and a half ago, <laughs> um, you said product and development or something like that. You R and D research, research and development. And we were all trying to take claim for it. I'm part of that category. But, um, you know, all the things on the horizon, we're always tweaking, always trying to figure out if there's something else, but not taking our eye off of what we know is good. The basic. What we know is is great. And so, you know, going back to that uh, research and development and going, okay, practicality. Is this something deer would eat or is this something that's attractive to birds does it attract insects but most importantly how much higher does it make the price tag sure i've talked to you guys about certain varieties and i'm like i think this is a winner and then we look at the price and i'm like i don't think it's a winner (laughs) not for that price (laughs) (laughs) i can fill it in with something other something else And, and that's where it's like again everything has to be evaluated from multiple different uh it's a point of views yeah, yeah exactly right? right sure you can add a bunch of high dollar varieties in there and you could have a very attractive great looking food plot but but are you going to be able to get the same value out of another food plot that doesn't have that exact price tag well yeah probably if we just don't include these varieties or we don't include them at that density and so, you know, we're, again, constantly evaluating look at these things, and you guys are, are great sounding boards for that and saying, well, hey, you know, if we do it this, here's what it would come in at. And we just want to make sure at the end of the day that there's solid, solid um, – it, it, let's just say the end product is a viable product. And, and I think it is. And, uh, you know, you look at it from the standpoint of what kind of repeat customers that we have. Mm-hmm. I mean – it for us, you know, and what we see outside of just your guys' group is that we have people that have been with us since the first year, and you know, putting Solid. those, you know, putting those same blends out that that tells us that we're we're hitting pretty much the marks that we need to 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 uh, put a quality, long lasting product mm-hmm. out. Do you have a favorite uh, favorite blend, spring or fall? I might have asked him this before. Or ask somebody on the podcast. Keith's What's your favorite spring? It doesn't even have to be a blend. What's your favorite product. spring product that you guys have? I, I tell you, I I like the Bonafide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives you a little bit of diversity, but it, it gives you a lot of protein, a lot of longevity, yeah. and a lot of ease to get it. Yeah, get it up and get it established. Both so. growing season and late season forage and attraction in and, the same plot. And then you know you still got the option of glyphosate over sure. the top. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as I, I've got two, and I don't know, I've, I've got two. One of them is going to be revival. I like revival uh, for the year-round benefits that it offers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the year in and year out. 
sure. benefits that perennial offers. You don't, yeah, perennial apps aspect. But then again, I really like heritage and ancestry because I like putting my cameras out. I'm a whitetail hunter at heart. Obviously, you heard earlier in the podcast, I've killed a lot of turkeys, <laughs> a.k.a. two. <laughs> so, see how it you know counts. what? You're you see almost how it counts, a, though? Yeah. I mean, he had yeah. two favorite products, and we're up to three right now. Exactly. <laughs> so, that, I've got a that, couple. That, I'm going to list is, off That four. is very true, too. If, if I had to pick one between the heritage and the ancestry, like an I'm going to choose heritage. <laughs> I won't tell you what, what county or what city I graduated from. Anyway, at the end of the day, heritage is where it's at. I like I like putting those cameras up. I like seeing those bucks growing throughout the spring and summer. I like mm. seeing what I've got. And at the end of the day, Heritage is, is, is my all-time favorite. Like e- even all year, Heritage. All year, all year. Because you've got, you've got not only in the spring and summer the, the forage benefits, but when it comes to hunting season, you've got the screening yeah, you've got still grain out there, and, and bedding, honestly, early bedding season in some for situations, a lot of states, you, I mean, it's it, it is literally a year-round blend that that I will I will hang my hat on there. Yeah, uh, it, it has served a, its purpose and beyond. Honestly, when we were planting it, let's say originally pre-stratton, we were like, oh man, this thing is awesome. This is cool. This is it had no name or anything like that. But then it's like. You almost found more benefits than what originally thought. Yeah. Like after like planting it for multiple years, like <laughs> we're seeing deer or other game utilize this beyond the the typical, let's say, I'm air quoting for everyone listening, food plot seasons. It was like this thing has got substantial. It's pretty awesome. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the the, the first Prevalence. year that we they that we really started with it, and and we we claim heritage as heritage. And I'll, you know, after this podcast airs, you know, I'll, I'll drop a pin in the comments for everybody. But, you know, where I'm talking about, in, down here in the bottoms. Yeah. That, yeah. that was. <laughs> drop a pin and you're a dead man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was. Those UFOs that was, will carry you off next time. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was eye opening. You know, even for me, knowing what it, what it could do. Oh, yeah. It was, it was something to see for sure in person. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, spring is heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all the reasons you just said um, is really – that's the goal. And we plant a lot of the game-changer soybeans mainly as a base or, or preparation to get to a heritage blend um, to try to control Step. some weeds, yep. you know. Uh, if or if we have the idea that, okay, we need to have – we need to have – we want to have – uh, we got we got a field of heritage up here, or a plot of heritage up here. We want to have turnips down here or a brassica blend. So let's plant beans and try to get brassicas growing in the middle of that so we have grains and greens. And so we always try to look at different ways to, to attract deer and, and utilize these blends. But I think if you were to pin me against a wall, my spring wouldn't be heritage. I'd have and, to agree on that. And I might add here, too, though, you know, I will say soybeans have their their time and place, no doubt, as a standalone product and as just as a monoculture seed in a food plot application, they are very beneficial. I will throw out there, if you're planting an acre, maybe even two, and it really depends on your deer density, your habitat, everything else. 
I'll, there's there's a lot to consider there, but at the end of the day, if you're talking about planting just an an acre or two of soybeans as a monoculture, just right there by themselves, it's not going to work. I'm not going to sit here and lie Heritage to you and say way more full. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say oh, yeah. that it's going to work and it's going to grow mm. four, five, six foot tall beans with pods everywhere. Pods <laughs> everywhere. Even it's not going to happen. Forage tendencies. You are dreaming if you think it's going to happen. Unless yeah. you put the fence up like you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've been. Yeah. And it, and I, I mean, was putting the fence up for cattle. <laughs> oh, I've been okay. pretty <laughs> open about the idea that I don't like. He said four and a half plot. miles. If he's got four and a half miles worth of food plots for deer. He, <laughs> Too <laughs> many food plots. Yeah. No doubt about it. No, but, but it, you're, yeah. you're hitting a great point. Yeah. I mean, you know, with, with even with a forage type uh quality traits in a bean variety most places have a deer density that are such that an acre to two is going to get wiped out and so you may not get a large seed production pod production going into the fall they're going to consume beans readily throughout the year but they're not going to have this incredible amount of of growth that is going to be super visual they're going to be feeding in every single night. Well, like Adam, like Adam mentioned earlier, I mean, there there is no magic bean out there for that situation. Absolutely not. I will fight you every day of the week on it. There's yeah. there's no way that you can plant a soybean out there on an acre that you have that has high deer high density. deer density. Would mm-hmm. the deer know that and that food plot area is a is a easy food source, especially and it look, in poor habitat? And it looked like yeah. a Kubota or lawnmower just went through there and just Daily. mowed it down to an inch. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that was ultimately going back years ago when we started planting <clears throat> blends. Was like soybeans don't work for me. Let's find another option. And, and I think that there's a lot of people in that boat, and they're sitting there thinking, "Well, they get discouraged." Yeah, yeah, and and, and sure, it is fantastic to be able to plant a food plot and see that there is usage from wildlife. But at the same time, we do want to see growth out of that food plot and ver- and uh, forage beyond just some summer months. Because if you plant that soybean monoculture during the summer, and that's all that you're getting out of it, it's just some summertime food and really it's browsed every single night. It doesn't have a chance to grow a super amount of tonnage. So it's a limited amount. If that's you, you're the candidate for a blend like that, that, that is, that is you right now speaking, speaking to your food plot acreage. Heritage blend is a fantastic option. Right. And I mean, I, and I, I grew up, I mean, I'm, I'm at fault for this too. Growing up thinking, you know, I've, I've got this open area you know, at A, B, or C, wherever it may mm-hmm. be, that, hey, I've heard growing up, soybeans is the best thing you can plant. There's nothing else that's going to beat it. That's that's where it's at. You probably watch too much outdoor television. That's probably a good possibility. You know, there, I've got four <laughs> channels there where I can watch outdoor channel or, you know, sports and whatever. Anyway, at the end of the day, you know, you hear soybeans is, is, a, very, is a very good thing for, for wildlife and Yes, it is, but it's got to be applicable to your situation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and at the end of the day, if you're talking about an acre, it's just not going to happen. You you got to go toward blend, and it took me a long time to figure that out, and I'm glad I have now because I've been a lot more successful since then. And I've I've seen I've seen 
a lot more success, not only hunting, just just wildlife in general. It's been a lot better for me since then. I didn't even tell you this, but I saw a monarch today. Speaking oh, of which. Oh, I saw one uh, it was late on last week. Legacy Blend. It was actually on Crimson Clover. Nice. The thing looked, the poor, poor thing looked like it had almost froze out beaten last and night. battered. Like <laughs> it looked almost kind of grayish. Yeah. yeah. Faded orange and black. I uh, saw one at Seth so the other day. Yeah. yeah He's like, what in the world? Turn the heat up. What'd you say? <laughs> I saw a bird that was beating and battered this morning, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That you one got away, that. but the winner got shot. Well, speaking of which, <laughs> we're going to have to wrap this up so we can get yeah. Heath on a bird in the morning. That's right. But I will say, late. you know what's a bad joke? To text your wife for four text messages and only one goes through and all it is is UFO. <laughs> hey, my That's wife a, thinks I'm I'm coming home tomorrow. So Heath, you better you better shoot one in the morning so we so we can go home. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm in trouble. Even if we shoot one, we may stay one more day. <laughs> well, when, I'll when let the you turkeys are gobbling and the fish are biting, I mean, it's just kind of hard to go home. It yeah, is hard to go home when you guys left 90 degrees and it's 65. 68 no lie, that is here. that is nuts. Wasn't it? Was Monday was heat index in Arkansas, Central Arkansas, about 92 or something like that. We oh, get here and we have to you. put a jacket on. Well, I'm sitting here. I lean forward, minus the smoke. That's been a royal pain. I've been sitting in the smoke the whole time. But <laughs> the smoke from the campfire. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's clear that up. Yeah, I, this is Douglas County. But anyway, um, I, I have to lean forward because it's kind of chilly, and I'm like, "Ooh, yeah, that feels my good." Back, my back's good. definitely. It's May. It's chilly. May the fifth. Yep. Cinco de Mayo. Yep. It's going to be a good it's morning. It's still chilly. I think it's going to be about 40, 42, clear. Well, they said birds that this morning. Goblin. It was supposed to be. flying and birds Hey, I've been on a lot of turkey hunts, you remember? <laughs> Three. I've <Experience>. killed two. <laughs> Here yeah, we go. He's a Turkeys ought to be goblin. Now. Professional. He's watching that outdoor channel. He is. <laughs> I'm much more You're about ready to start your own YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm much start telling everybody <laughs> how to do it. I'm much more of a deer hunter than I'll ever be a turkey hunter. I just want everybody to know that. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Well, jokes. we're trying it's, to it's make you a good fellas. turkey hunter. That's right. Get a few if, kills. Don't know if we'll it. make it, but we're trying. Yeah. All, you can all do right, is guys. Try. If you have any information, or or uh, in, in, a question, but I was going to say, if you have any information, what's the best way to contact you guys about possibly becoming a dealer? Go com. Go visit there. You'll see where dealer dealers locators, are, dealer yeah. locators, and you'll see. An email for either Heath or myself, and that's how you do it. Okay. How do they find you? You guys are on Instagram and Instagram, Facebook. Facebook. That's about it. Stratton C. Company. I think I saw you right. on Pinterest, or I heard you were on Pinterest. <laughs> well, that's what I'm. Or is that know, person? Okay, that's you personal. know I, I <laughs> plucked that turkey pretty good earlier. I'm gonna go steal my wife's Pinterest oh, so I can man. figure out you know best what she it. can do with all those feathers later. Yes. Oh, right. man. Anyway. Sounds good, guys. Uh, <laughs> hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Hopefully you're interested or might have interest in a dealer, becoming a dealer. Oh, and best of luck to you guys this spring as you're planting those spring food plots. It's or, not too or late. Or just it's just May the 5th. Yeah. Or Let's just think about that, guys. That's true. It's May the 5th. Or just appreciate May the fifth, and it was thirty six. We just had a frost we last up. week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't put them in the ground just yeah. yet. Yeah. In a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's for another podcast. Unless you're down south and it's already too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, just it's, kidding. It's out of the ground. We're we're good to go down there. Wow. Oh man. Mm-mm-mm. Awesome. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for your transparency. Appreciate yep. it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yep.